0: Hi, this is Claudia Opper. Welcome to another episode of Audio Law, the law podcast for busy people, brought to you by Illustrated Law. In this episode, we'll be looking into the tort of severe emotional distress, but really digging into how intent plays into that charge. We'll be doing so by looking at the case Taylor v. Vallalunga. 171, California Court of Appeal 2nd Series, 107, from the year 1959. If you find this podcast helpful, please consider donating to the show. You can do so by going to www.illustratedlaw.com. Click on the green donate button on the homepage and really donate any amount you're able to spare. Anything that you're able to give helps us sustain the show and allows us to be able to create more helpful episodes like this one. So, let's go ahead and jump in to the facts of the Taylor case. In the first count, plaintiff Clifford Gerlock alleges that on December 25th, 1956, Defendants struck and beat him, causing him bodily injury, for which he seeks damages. In the second count, plaintiff and appellant Gail E. Taylor incorporates by reference the charging allegations of the first count, and proceeds to allege that she is the daughter of plaintiff Clifford Gerlach, that she was present at and witnessed the beating inflicted upon her father by defendants, and that as a result thereof, She suffered severe fright and emotional distress. She seeks damages for the distress so suffered. It is not alleged that any physical disability or injury resulted from the mental distress. So, we come to the issue. Though not explicitly stated from court documents, we can deduce an implied issue, and that would be Whether the lower court erred in dismissing Taylor's complaint for intentional infliction of emotional distress. And now for the reasoning, we are back to the verbatim reasoning of the court. The California cases have, for some time past, allowed recovery of damages where physical injury resulted from intentionally subjecting the plaintiff to serious mental distress. In the Silasnoff case, the Supreme Court extended the right of recovery to situations where no physical injury follows the suffering of mental distress, saying that, quote, A cause of action is established when it is shown that one, in the absence of any privilege, "...intentionally subjects another to the mental suffering incident to serious threats to his physical well-being, whether or not the threats are made under such circumstances as to constitute a technical assault." In arriving at this result, the court relied in substantial part upon the development of the law in this field of torts as traced by the American Law Institute, And it quotes with approval section 46, as amended, of the Restatement of Torts, which reads, One who, without a privilege to do so, intentionally causes severe emotional distress to another, is liable, A, for such emotional distress, and B, for bodily harm resulting from it, unquote. An explanation of the meaning of the term intentionally, as it is employed in section 46, the reporter says in subdivision A of that section, quote, an intention to cause severe emotional distress exists when the act is done for the purpose of causing the distress or with knowledge on the part of the actor that severe emotional distress is substantially certain to be produced by his conduct. The failure of the second count of the complaint in the case at bar to meet the requirements of section 46 of the restatement of torts is at once apparent. There is no allegation that defendants knew that appellant was present and witnessed the beating that was administered to her father, nor is there any allegation that the beating was administered for the purpose of causing her to suffer emotional distress, or, in the alternative, that the defendant knew that severe emotional distress was substantially certain to be produced by their conduct. Now, we're going to deliver the holding and a key takeaway for this case. But before we do so, let's hear about this episode's sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by Illustrated Law. Unlike traditional law books, illustrated law books have illustrations, practice questions with answers, key takeaway summaries, and so much more. It's the simple way to learn law efficiently. There are currently three illustrated law books available, and those are Constitutional Law, Torts Concepts, and Criminal Procedure, Investigation, and Justice. Order yourself a copy of an illustrated law book today. You can find them on Amazon for only $15. That brings us to the case's holding. Appellant argues that the intent to cause her severe emotional distress or knowledge that such distress was substantially certain to be produced might be proved upon the trial. Her complaint failed to allege such facts, and since she was granted leave to amend and failed to do so, We are limited on appeal to a determination of whether the complaint states a cause of action, not whether it might be amended to do so. So, the key takeaway from this case is that the defendant must know their actions will cause severe emotional distress. Their actions must be purposeful in order for it to truly be an offense of severe emotional distress transferred intent does not apply, because if you think about it, any time someone is seriously injured, it could cause severe emotional distress to family members, even if they're not watching. So once again, in cases of severe emotional distress, the defendant must know their actions will cause severe emotional distress. That wraps up the case for this episode of Audio Law. Thanks for tuning in. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure to tell your friends about Audio Law and check out some of our other episodes. As Audio Law is the law podcast for busy people, I hope this episode helped make your day a little less busy.